Hey everybody, Michael Davis here. Welcome to Bone to Pick, and we are in for an amazing treat today. As you can see, um, we're going to sit down uh, with two of the, uh, the real visionary and dynamic personalities here at Shires. We are coming to you live from Holliston, Massachusetts, and the, as you can see, the factory behind us. Uh, I should point out to all our listeners, this is our second live interview. We have an audience in front of us, so this is awesome uh, on so many levels. Uh, Samantha Lane is the Director of Sales and Marketing here at the S.E. Shires Company. Uh, she hails from the great state of Connecticut. Uh, she received her bachelor's degree from the University of Connecticut and followed that up with a master's degree in trumpet performance at the New England Conservatory in Boston. Um, she has been at the forefront of management guiding Shires uh, to become a, really a leader in global musical products. Um, she really is a visionary. Her perspective has been uh, amazing. I've been here the whole time that she's been here and, and uh, what she's done to take this company to the next level has been uh, just extraordinary and uh, you, we're going to hear a lot about that today. Uh, she helped create and grow the uh, very robust artist program that we have here at Shires. I'm uh, honored to be a part of that. Uh, she also created this incredible program called the Rising Artist Program and uh, featuring some amazing young players that are ready to go. Trust me, you're going to be hearing a lot from them. Um, and uh, she's also a, um, a mentor for the New England Conservatory's Entrepreneurial Musicianship Program. So uh, she's got a wealth of information that we're going to hear about today, this afternoon, or this morning, I guess it is. Um, Alexis Smith hails from the, the also great state of Florida. And um, she received her bachelor's degree from the Manhattan School of Music and then followed that up with her master's at the esteemed Juilliard School in New York City. Uh, she's currently pursuing a doctorate of musical arts at Boston University. And uh, her love for Shire's trombones goes, goes pretty far back. Uh, she won um, her own custom Shire's trombone at the 2012 Southeast Trombone Symposium solo competition. So she was uh, already, already a Shires devotee before she became uh, such an important part of the company. Um, her title is a product specialist, and she also is the principal trombone of the Southwest Florida Symphony Orchestra and a co-founding member of the Boston Trombone Project. So without further ado, so great to see both of you. Thank you for taking the time. I mean, you guys are the two hardest working people in the, the brass world the last couple months getting this thing ready. Uh, oh, I should mention, we are here today, it, it's Shire's Palooza. meant to say that at the beginning, but uh, Shire's Palooza is a celebration of the 25th anniversary of the SC Shire's company. So this is an amazing two-day event, and uh, uh, we're so happy that you are all here. And uh, like I said, without further ado, let's jump in. I, I, what I was interested in, uh, just right off the bat, is what drew you guys to brass? I know you probably played, Samantha plays trumpet, and Alexis plays trombone, so... Um, Alexis, why don't you kick us off on uh, what was your be beginning memories of, uh, of gravitating to the trombone? Yeah. Um, so the reason I started playing trombone was because my mother said it was annoying. So <laughs> I had to play trombone after that. And um, she made me practice in our barn with the donkeys that we had. Um, so those were my first real like sonic inspirations. Um, but I think the thing about brass was just, you know, when you're a kid, you're having fun, you're getting to play with friends, you're getting to play with music that you really like. Like, we got to play, um, like, Hang On Sloopy. I don't know if you guys know this song, um, but it was just a really great experience. And then you kind of keep going down the road and realizing what a great community it is and how many amazing skills that you get to learn. Um, I think that's really, and now it's just like, 
a boulder going down the mountain at full speed. So <laughs> I'm just hanging on. Awesome. How about you, Sam? I had started playing piano in kindergarten, first grade, and started trumpet a little bit early in third grade. Um, absolutely loved it. I was and still am a total tomboy. And I was like thrilled. I was like, yeah, I mean, at the time I was the only girl in the trumpet section. Like that was a, a pretty different thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I loved, I loved being a part of the community. I loved just getting to be able to play in a variety of styles, especially at a young age. As I got older, it obviously grew more specialized. You don't want to hear me try to play anything jazz or commercial related. Um, but yeah, it was, it was always such an incredible, amazing community, as, as you're saying. Um, so for me, that was the special part. And you guys both have uh, degrees from you know, the finest music conservatories in, in, in the world, really, not only in the United States, but what was, how was the college experience for you? Yeah, I, it was interesting. At, at University of Connecticut, UConn, which is a, a state school, there are some real great perks about being able to go to a, uni a public university or a, a private large-scale university. Um, and for me, that was, I had a lot of flexibility. I was able to write grants. I was able to travel abroad. I was able to take a brass trio to Europe and have that paid for by research funding. Um, wow. So really, okay. like, things that I wouldn't have been able to do at a specific conservatory per se. Um, and then when getting to NEC, I loved it. It was an incredible experience to be able to connect with so many people. And really that set me up for working here with all the connections to professional musicians that I kind of acquired through performing, freelancing, and, you know, just the community. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a great point that a lot of times you get outside the, the, that super uh, focused conservatory approach and you uh, gather all this other information and skill sets that will help you down the road, obviously, for you tremendously. So. How about uh, your experiences uh, in, uh, in my home uh, town there in New York at MSM and, and of course, Juilliard, such an amazing yeah. school. I mean, I loved my time as a student in New York. It was just, I, there was so much, so many concerts. Everybody goes through New York. Like, you have so much exposure to just the best, honestly. And sometimes not the best, but, you know, you figure it out. Uh, <laughs> my but, car broke down on the George Washington Bridge last week. That was a time that it wasn't the best. But continue. Well, um, oh, that's so scary. Um, but while I was in this very specialized conservatory environment, I realized that I had interests elsewhere. Um, and I looked at a lot of my peers who were just, they were superstars, and they would go into the practice room for 10 hours a day working on their dotted eighth to 16th. And I was like, I can't do that. Um, and so I had interests in, um, let's see, I worked for a PR company, I worked for an artist management company, and then I worked uh, restaurant management like operations so kind of all over the board but that actually set me up perfectly for the job here where I get to interact with artists I get to interact with you I get to interact with some of the greatest people and then also we're looking at a lot of the operations like how are we going to do the day-to-day -day? how are we going to make sure that everything goes from the horn that you love into production and then you finally get the end product so a lot of that operations um, and it kind of just worked out perfectly yeah so I'm pretty stoked. Cool. And I get to like not practice Bolero for 12 <laughs> hours a day. Awesome. Uh, for our listeners, just so you know, if you hear people practicing and hear uh, brass sounds in the background, there's so much going on here this weekend. It's a really, it's amazing. There's, there's tours going on right now as we're over here and uh, people are trying the amazing Shires product line. So uh, for those of you listening uh, and wondering why the sound is what it is, it, that's what uh, makes it live and uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool event. I'm uh, excited to see what uh, the couple days brings. Um, so 
how did you get to Shires? Uh, you know, arguably the best brass manufacturer in the world. I mean, I, I don't think there is an argument. I actually. think so, too. <laughs> and I've been with the company since 2009, um, and I know it's been great seeing uh, both of you come in and inject all your knowledge and uh, skill sets and everything and, and really taking this company to another level. But um, Sam, since you've been here, you have the seniority. We'll start with you on that one. What was the road to getting to Shires like? I, I love talking to people. If you ask any of my family members, any, like, burp, 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 I just chat all the time and feel totally comfortable just going into the situation. I used to volunteer to help uh, manufacturers and vendors at the National Trumpet Competition. I would help schlep, I would put out instruments for them, and I got really close actually with the Dylan Music team. And I loved a lot of what they were doing. That was back when I was at UConn in undergrad. Mm. In 2012, I started with a company. I was already playing Shires. I had... Um, won a Shires uh, at an event and loved the instrument. So I came to the company and actually started uh, regionally down in D.C. as a dealer, just selling Shires trumpets to musicians in the D.C. area. Wow. And then ended up coming up here, working full-time. That was in 2013. Um, and since then, started as a sales associate, sales and marketing manager, and now director of sales and marketing. So it's kind of grown in the last 10 years now. So, wow, yeah. it's been awesome to see your uh, development within the company and, what you, and obviously what you've uh, given to the company, and that's great. How about you, Alexis? Um, I feel like I got really lucky because Sam and I actually did a gig together before the job was posted, and I remember she gave me a ride home, and she just was talking about this company, Shires, and I knew of Shires because I was a trombonist, I played a Shires, and ever since I was a kid, like, Shires was always, like, the creme de la creme. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sam had such, like, this excitement about the company and working for the company. I was like, wow, that's, like, the greatest job ever. Um, and then uh, just very serendipitously, the job came open. Uh, my job came open a couple months later. And I was like... I knew well, that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> As we're talking about she's this like, in the car. She's like a puppet master. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and I was like, everything looks amazing, but I don't know anything about equipment. Like, I knew I played a Shires. It had a valve. Like, I didn't know what <laughs> valve it was. It was kind of like a cone. Um, and I was like, this is just, I have to figure it out. So I approached exactly like anybody would with an audition. So I made binders. I printed out the website. I made binders of specs. I came up with hypothetical situations, being like, well, I think this might work. And then I like really just stalked everybody. It was, I went really intense about it. Um, but having all of these skills that you learn in music school of being how to stay very single-mindedly focused, how to put together and prep for a stressful situation um, was really, really beneficial to this very real-world experience for me. So I think I, I can I tell them about the website? So I came up with a five-year plan based on the hashtag IPlayShires, and I bought the website IPlayShires.com before my interview. Like, I and then really, she dropped like, that little nugget, and we're like, <laughs> I Whoa. really, like, You're hired. super prepped. Um, so a lot of the skills that you guys are learning now are, will come in handy in the most interesting ways. And just one other quick thing, like, when she came for her interview, it wasn't really an audition, but... We did have her play because as a product specialist, just to hear her play. And you don't necessarily need to know all the ins and outs of the equipment before you start with us. That's something that you learn. But she's got incredible ears. And if you get an opportunity to work with her, 
like that's that becomes very clear very quickly. So even in that first initial interview audition when you're playing, we're asking her about what do you hear between alloys? What do you hear between single bore versus dual bore valves? She was nails every single thing. And she also has a great way of making everyone feel comfortable. And that's like the best combination when it comes to finding an instrument. So. Yeah, that's terrific. And I know firsthand my, my buddy, uh, Moneco Ruiz, who's this amazing trumpet player who plays the same uh, Broadway show that I play called Moulin Rouge. Uh, he came up last week and he came back and I said, Manny, how'd it go? He's like, oh, Mike, Alexis, she's the best. She was great. You know? <laughs> he said he's, he's totally uh, sold on it and they're fine tuning what he's going to end up playing. But uh, so firsthand compliments from uh, people who, who are, uh, you know, pretty cynical. I guess just say it that way. <laughs> um, so we've described your, your jobs and your titles, um, but I know, especially with you, Sam, what you do is so much wider and there's so much more layers of, of what it is. But I would love to hear just from both of you your technical job description, but actually what you see is uh, what you do, to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe we'll start with you on this one, Alexis. Yeah. Um, so yes, our titles are just really the tip of the iceberg. Um, and. What's really amazing about working with such a small team, that, and we all get along so well, what's really amazing is that you get to see a little bit of so much. Like you get to really have your hands in everything. Um, and so my, the main part of my job is whenever anybody's looking for a new horn or wants to tweak their horn, they come and see me. And we work together uh, for any sort of fitting. We could do virtual master or virtual consultations um, if you're just like, say you're in Kansas or London, we've done, uh, we'll kind of work through all of that. It's just a way to make you feel more comfortable, not overwhelmed, and really just hone the best horn for you. But then we also, like, I'll also do a lot of the social media, do a lot of the correspondence. Like, if you email us at the info, that's probably me that's responding to you. So trumpet questions, euphonium questions, trombone questions, soon-to-be horn questions, like, that's, that's going to be me. So I get to know a lot about like these really beautiful, beautiful instruments. Um, and then what else are we, I feel like there's so much more. Travel, shows. Lots of shows, yeah. So um, whenever you go to ITG, ITF, NTC, that's gonna be our sales team. So whether it's myself, Sam, or Matt Nishida, who you'll see running around, um, that's a big part of our job. And it's always wonderful to be able to see everyone, but also figuring out that it's really a marathon and not a sprint is always a good thing to know. Um, geez, play testing. That's also, we, for every single horn that goes out, we play test them. Trumpet, trombone, euphonium. Uh, so I'll play test a lot of the trombones. James play tests a lot of the other trombones as well. Um, so we'll split that. And when we're play testing, we're really looking for to see, like, does this Colin Williams model sound like a Colin Williams model and not a Joe Alessi model? And then we'll also look for any issues that there might be on the instruments. Luckily, like, our team is so amazing that that's not a huge part of it. And mostly I just get to play trombone and be like, yes, work. Uh, so <laughs> I feel very fortunate. Yeah. Cool. Sam, yours is a... Uh... Go ahead. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, so my title is Director of Sales and Marketing. Um, myself and my colleague, James Monahan, who's the general manager, it's pretty much the two of us kind of leading the charge. He manages all of the operations, manufacturing, um, and a lot of the R&D stuff. Uh, this is also in conjunction with the rest of our team with this music company, and we have great product managers across the board. Um, so it really is a collaborative effort. 
for me in the sales and marketing realm, I oversee all of our sales, both US sales, international, and retail, which is anybody coming in working with Alexis. Um, we both kind of tag team, I, I guess I manage, but the artist program here, um, we both kind of tag team social media. Um, but in terms of like most of what I do is corresponding with, with professional players, uh, international dealers, a lot of travel. I'm usually on the road. My poor family, I don't know, but it's, <laughs> it's usually like uh, 150 days of the year or something okay. like that, just going out for different events, working with musicians, festivals, um, those types of things. Also our corporate shows and things that we do. Um, but I think probably the bigger thing, I always wish I had more time for it, but the direction of the company and where we want to be, the products that we want to launch, the artists that we want to work with, um, developing the community and the branding. Like that for me has been the most satisfying part, mm. especially in the last few years, because I feel like we've really hit a stride. We're so grateful during COVID. Everyone still rallied around us. And I feel like our community became stronger through that time. We tried to stay as relevant as possible through live stream events and whatever we could do. Um, but now coming out on this side of it, it, it really is a market contrast mm. for us. Yeah. So, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think um, uh, one thing I just want to add that we both do is the Rising Artist Program. Yes. So uh, it's for it's geared towards like really amazing younger players up till 25. And there are some amazing players. Um, and basically the whole purpose of the program is to teach all those little things that fall through the cracks sometimes, like finances for musicians, how to market yourself, how to write a resume, CV, all these small things that really add up into a full professional package. Mm. Um, and so that's also something that Sam and I really help. And um, we also add master classes and performance opportunities, uh, teaching opportunities for them, all of that. But one of the coolest stories, just really quick if I can add of this. Of course, of course. So we asked Mike to do one of the rising artists uh, master classes. We had a few people play for him and he was so wonderful and spent his time and it was it was great there was one rising artist that played for him and her name is renee mcgee and she is a split lead in the one o'clock band in at unt incredible player um she's young 23 24 years old she played like four bars and like mike was like you don't need to play anymore like we're all like hanging like <laughs> off the edge of our computer screens listening to her play this like Doc Stardust solo or whatever. And Mike's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, who are you? What is this? <laughs> and then literally a month later, she won a job in the Coast Guard band as their lead player. Um, so now she, I guess she graduated from rising artist to artist. Um, but, but getting to work with some of these incredible life-changing artists is one of the most important things about that program. So yeah, we try to fill in with real world, real world experience um, and professional development things but also opportunities for networking and getting to learn from your heroes. So it's a pretty special thing. It's an, it's an amazing program and, and getting to do, to work with the students, the, the one that I did was awesome, and Renee especially. Uh, in fairness, the, the, uh, the music blew off her stand. So it wasn't like I cut her off, but I, uh, she- I'm gonna just she, say that though. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, you can keep going if you want, but I, 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 I can tell you exactly, you're, you're on the right path. and, and uh, I just found out today that she got the Coast Guard gig, and I'm excited that she'll come down to New York and uh, hopefully come into Moulin Rouge, and she's going to do real, real well uh, in New York uh, on, on many levels. Can't, can't wait to see her career blossom. Um, as I mentioned, I've been with Shire since 2009, so I'm becoming one of the more tenured members of the uh, artist program. But like a fine wine. 
Well, thank you. Um, but um, I think one of the most important things uh, that happened to the company was when uh, Eastman Musical Instruments acquired uh, the company. And, um, and the growth that's taken place since Eastman uh, acquired the company is tremendous. And I, there's, there's no question that it wouldn't have happened uh, without them. We're fortunate today. We have uh, one one of the grand poobahs, vice president. Is, Ryan's is that is your title higher than that now? I'm sorry, in case I get it wrong. But Ryan Richmond is here. Came out from Los Angeles and a very important part of uh, the the overall uh, company at Eastman, but also specifically with uh, Shires. Maybe just talk about, especially you guys have been so instrumental in the growth since the acquisition that uh, uh, took place with, with with Eastman. Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Yeah. Um... I was with Shires before the acquisition and as we were going through the bankruptcy and the way that I view this entire period is with Eastman coming on board, it really was kind of a renaissance and a transformation for our company. They are the most incredibly supportive team. They recognize the, the talents that we have, areas that we might lack and like support us accordingly. Um, being able to, to collaborate with people across the board for Eastman Brass, Eastman Winds, Eastman Strings, the guitar division, like learning from everyone, having a bigger scope has been incredible for us. Um, it's, it's really elevated our ability to, to produce instruments in a better way um, and sure. also expand the selection. So shortly after the acquisition, we, that's when we introduced the Q-Series line. And the Q-Series line for us has been one of the most transformative things that have ever happened for mm -hmm. our company. Um, so that was only brought about in conjunction with Eastman Music Company, mm -hmm. and so that's a, that's a fruit of our labors that I think we're all really proud about. Um, I'm sure, Ryan, you feel pretty proud about that one. Um, but for, for me, I really, like, I've been with the company for 10 years now, and now on this side of it, it's an incredible, energetic, vibrant, exciting thing. And, and we get to make decisions about the world that we want to see our brass community in in the next 5, 10, 20 years. You should see our R&D list. It's pages and pages long. All the models scoped out for what we want to do in the next five, 10 years. We're crossing them off every year. Um, but it's really fun to be able to be in the driver's seat of something where so many people get to kind of come together. So. Yeah. How about for you, Alexis? Just uh, yeah, I mean, I think Sam really covered it. But honestly, just the support from Eastman has just been invaluable, mm -hmm. whether it's tweaking something and being like, you know what, I'm not sure. And they're like, okay, let's figure it out together. And having that resource, it's just been, it's been world changing. Yeah. Yeah. I know too, like, it's kind of, I'm a big sports fan, so I'm always using sports analogies. But it's like when you see a great, uh, a great organization, like, well, I'm a San Francisco 49er fanatic. But when we had Bill Walsh and he was the general manager and the coach, everything starts at the top. So when that's all lined up and you have somebody like that, and I think it's the same thing with Eastman. You have, in addition to Ryan, but the ownership at that level with Chen is just uh, tremendous. I've only had the pleasure of meeting him one time, but you just, it, it just feels, it's classy, it's first rate, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really special. And, I, and it goes to show you, you know, it all starts from the top with that. And then, of course, at the top of, of Shires as well. So it's, uh, and just, I, I'm sorry to, to talk too much myself, but uh, I remember going to uh, one of the Midwest shows. And if you ever see the, the, their entire umbrella of, of product lines, it's pretty spectacular. So in addition to the Eastman product, then they own uh, Haynes flutes, which is arguably the best flutes that are made, Shires, Bakun clarinets. 
uh, Lasky now, the mouthpiece, great mouthpiece manufacturer from Vancouver. So it's the, the way they've gone about building uh, the company is extraordinary. And it's, uh, you can learn a lot just from watching what they're, what they're doing. I, I'm learning a lot just from seeing it. So. I was just going to say, like for us, so many of the people within our organization come to this from passion for the music. The owner of our company studied at Boston University and played a Haynes head joint. And that's why he like, wanted to even later down the road when there was the opportunity to purchase Haynes, he came to it because he loved his Haynes head joint. And so that kind of passion and dedication is what drives so many of us. Here at Shires, like nine out of 10 people play a brass instrument. Mm -hmm. All the people that are making your horns, all the people that are working and trying to help you with this, we all come to it from a performance background. So we really know how it feels when you've got the right thing in your hands. And that's across the board for our entire company. Our wind product manager, Megan Dolce, is an incredible trumpet player. Low brush product manager, Chuck Kerrigan, who's here as well. Crazy great tubas. Um, Ryan is a doubling saxophone bassoon, all woodwinds. Um, but really, everyone comes to it with their specialty, and it makes us all stronger. And I think that that's a really kind of unique thing within the industry, to have so yeah. many people with the same passion coming from that performance or teaching background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you guys, you can't everybody, uh, everybody who's watching this, uh, you can't really see everything, but the new facilities are spectacular, and the expansion... I don't know how much square footage did the... the That's add. another 8,000. Wow, yeah. yeah. Really cool. Just describe that, that, that process a little bit for us. Yeah, we, we bought this building um, in... Uh, we moved in, gosh, what year was it? 2017? Something like that. Um, it was basically the same square footage as our last place. Um, we knew that it was still going to be small for us, but we're like, oh, we'll be able to add on in a few years. We thought it was going to be 10 years or 15 years, but we needed to do it within the first five years. Um, so adding this extra 8,000 square feet has effectively doubled our manufacturing space. We still have the showroom, we have some offices, things like that. But for us, this is life-changing because we can finally have the space to be able to grow as quickly as, we're really grateful, but as quickly as the demand is growing. We can hire more people, we have more room to be able to build, to do larger projects as we expand into French horn, as we expand into bigger low brass things. Um, but really, the company's been growing so quickly, and we were really kind of stuck in a relatively small box, and there's really only so much you can do when you can only fit so many workstations and soldering benches and all that kind of stuff. Um, my colleagues, James Monahan, GM, and Tom Otto, um, were instrumental in that build-out process. It's a gorgeous space. We'll be doing some of our other Shires Blues events during the weekend and things. Um, but for us, it, it's really lifted the bar. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's spectacular. And for those of you who uh, find yourself in the Boston area, come, uh, come by and see this amazing facility. And Alexis, I'm sure for you, I, I'm guessing you spend a lot of time in that beautiful showroom over there with uh, oh so many gosh. instruments that you can try. But... I love the showroom. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. Like, I love practicing in the showroom. And then I'll go to a normal practice room, and I'm just like, oh, oh, no. Because <laughs> the showroom is just such a beautiful space. You get to see, I mean... So for anyone who hasn't been to the showroom, it's beautiful wood everywhere. You have, it's basically like, I call it Willy Wonka, this candy factory, because you just have every kind of bell you can think of, all of the valves, all of the slides, and you just get to pick and choose. And so one of the really fun things too is I like to go in and just like try out different combinations, be like, this might be super interesting. And sometimes it's great, and I'll have people try it during appointments and it works, and sometimes I'll put something together and be like, 
Yeah, there's a reason why that's not uh, <laughs> popular. Um, but yeah, the showroom's beautiful. It has the windows overlooking the trees. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's like a spa. It's, yeah. <laughs> For brass. I, For brass. I, I, I remember the days very well when it was back next to the, uh, the air uh, field oh, there. Oh, man, and, our, uh, old, our yeah. old factory. <laughs> That was a whole vibe. Yeah. That, that was, was a whole a, thing. That was a whole different thing. But, uh, no cool. air conditioning, rouge everywhere, <laughs> the drop ceiling in the showroom. I'm sure yeah. everybody sounded great in there. Yeah. yeah. Needless to say, it's a, uh, several, uh, several notches of an upgrade. So uh, definitely come check this out if you're in the Boston area. Um, just shifting gears a little bit, if we can. Um, one of the most positive things I've seen happen in the last, I, I'm going to say five, to, well, maybe five to ten years is... Uh, the music industry as a whole, particularly in the brass world, uh, be more open for women to get in the playing, manufacturing, management. Um, and I was wondering, I just was hoping you guys could share your experiences. First of all, you've been an influence on that happening. Um, you're influencing people like Renee and, and the, the generation that's to come. Uh, you're obviously both very young still, so you're, you're great things to, to come for both of you in your careers. How has it impacted you guys? I know in New York City, we're finally starting to see the opportunities be uh, a little bit more even for women so that they can show their talents. And there's tremendous talents to be, to be highlighted there. So I've just, if you guys could touch on that a little bit, it'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, like for me, um, before I started at Shires, I already had a lot of connections in the industry. A lot of people knew me again because I like to talk a lot. Um, so it was, it was a helpful thing for me People trusted me. People knew that I had a teeny amount of street cred, and there was like already some respect there. Um, so my transition into this side of like global products industry was was really quite easy. Um, as the company continued to grow, and I continued to grow with the company, and had a little bit more stature, yeah, it was really interesting because I, I think it's probably true. I'm one of the only women that's like leading a brass company, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. And I've been doing more speaking at like music business classes and entrepreneurial musician programs and things. Um, and for that reason, I'm, I'm really grateful, but it's cool to be able to share that with people. I have to say, this isn't like just because Ryan's here, sitting here, but Eastman has been incredibly supportive of women in our company. Almost all of our product managers, um, so, and a good amount of our sales managers are women. And they've been incredibly supportive of me. I have a three-year-old daughter going through that whole process and travel and schedules and I mean, every step of the way, I, I couldn't, I didn't even have to ask. Everything was just so supportive. Um, so for me, I feel really thrilled and very much at home because of the community that we're building. And we're, we're trying to build a community that when we look back at it, it's something that everyone can be a part of. Um, and you see that even now as we continue to grow and, and artists are coming on board and rising artists and all of that. It should be a reflection of the community that we want to see. So, yeah. yeah. How about for you, yeah. Alexis? I feel like um, I've always been very, very fortunate in having just a wonderful support system from when I, my first teacher, all the way through high school, through college, and now in my professional career, I feel like I've gotten very lucky with the support system I've had. And I've always been in an environment where I had people that would always have my back. They'd be like, Alexis is actually really cool. She's a good player and she's, you know, she's a good hang after, like, because a lot of it, we've talked about this before, is just be nice to people. Like, I cannot stress that enough. 
like, just be nice. That will get you so far. And also, people will really have your back and speak up for you. And that means so much. Mm -hmm. And I think being part of such a vibrant, supportive community has really given me the comfort to just be like, no, I don't think this is right, or this is right, or let's do this. So the confidence of having just such a strong backing from Sam, from Eastman, from my colleagues, I think has really allowed me to kind of input kind of that more, uh, I want to say feminine perspective of just being like, there's a different way we can think about this. And mm -hmm. everyone is always so supportive and I feel really lucky. And I think going forward, just having such a wonderful, diverse, and again, vibrant community is just going to strengthen the music industry. It's just going to give more like value to what we do. I agree 100%. I mean, no question about it. And I'm I'm, I'm not a big believer in luck. I think whatever luck you, you want to call it, it's created by uh, your work and your energy and, uh, and all of that. So I think uh, uh, I'm sure there's things you've been fortunate with, but I think you've created, both of you have created a lot and, and, and are inspiring to, to all of us and, and uh, particularly to uh, young women coming up now. They can see that, wow, I can, I, can, I can run a brass company or I can run any, it doesn't even have to be in music. You know, um, it's great, awesome. Um, let's shift back to the... New stuff, new new Shire stuff coming out like crazy, and that's thanks to Eastman, uh, the energy that they're putting in it, and the finances and everything. But you guys talk about it because I'm I'm uh, I'm admiring it from afar. But both the instrument lines, uh, the mouthpieces now, the accessories, uh, you can see it all day. The next couple of days here at Shire's Palooza, but tell us about it. We're a bunch of geeks, and we <laughs> love brass instruments. Um, and like I was saying, we have this, this big comprehensive list of all the things that we want to be able to accomplish um, in the next few years. And it really is extensive. There's fun stuff on there um, for, for musicians of all ages and, and types and all of that. Um, right now, some of the new projects that were just released or getting ready to release um, in the Q-Series line, we're always continuing to grow that. So that line continues to become more and more comprehensive. We just added a piccolo trumpet, an E-flat D trumpet. We're just about to release the Q-series flugelhorn. Um, we're developing a Q-series cornet on, in trombone. We're talking about doing some uh, additional um, like one-piece style um, bells for Q-series line. We have arguably some of the best bass trombones in that line in the market, the euphoniums. The big thing is French horn lately. So we have some of our prototypes here at Charles Palooza, which is really exciting. We were just talking about some fun field trips to, for some product testing in the near future in New York. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but French Horn uh, has been really great. We just exhibited at the International Horn Symposium. Um, and that was our first time ever going to a horn show. It was really cool. Um, so that's, that's on the docket for some of the other custom series stuff. Flugelhorn uh, in the custom series line is, is done. We have those here now. Um, those are incredible, really fun to see. Again, French horn, we're also, I keep saying this every interviewer thing that I do, contrabass trombone, it's happening, it's going to happen. Um, it's, a, it's a big project um, that I, we're, we're planning on doing that starting 2023. Okay. Um, so, but the, the other thing is that we're continuously trying to find new and better ways to do everything that we do. So just because we create a product doesn't mean that we don't go back to the drawing board. Mm and continue to make refinements. Mm -hmm. um, so in that, that goes between parts and process improvement to materials to further testing. Um, even with your model, with like doing the anniversary bell kind of thing, like we're always trying to 
to bring things back and be really analytical and specific as musicians about what people are looking for. Yeah, exciting. Alexis, you've got your, uh, your finger on the pulse of the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I think the thing that I love the most about uh, the future, think about the future, is just kind of creating this very unified vision, if that makes sense. Like, Mike, you and I were talking earlier about how uh, sometimes in school there's a divide between jazz and classical. Mm -hmm. Well, what if, like, I mean, sometimes there's even divide between trumpet, trombone, euphonium. There's these divides, but if we can all make this one, like, cohesive, unified brass world, and then maybe just in general, but let's stay with brass world, uh, then we can all begin to learn from each other. We can all start to learn, like, maybe horn phrasing. We can start understanding, like, the resonance of a tuba and bring that and have it inform our musicality and become better from that. Mm -hmm. And so creating this bigger community is the thing that I'm most excited about. Yeah. Just one yeah. thing I was just going to say, like, we started in a basement just building trombones. We then added trumpets. We then added more trumpets and trombones, the whole mess of stuff. Um, went into euphoniums, and now we're becoming a real brass company for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you'll see instruments from us that are played by people like Mike Davis, New York Philharmonic, LA Philharmonic, musicians throughout the world, incredible jazz, commercial, all of that, going down into the Q series and, and eventually beyond, too. Um, we're using some of these things that we've learned, the designs, the, the, the brand, to really provide instruments for musicians at every stage of their journey. And we're really committed to each and every step just being the best instrument that you could find. Um, so that driving thing, but like, to her point, that cohesiveness for the brass community, that's where we're so excited. Yeah. yeah. And, and for good reason to be excited. It's, uh, it's awesome to see. So, um, I think I would be remiss uh, without mentioning this gentleman's name, but Steve Shires uh, was the creator of this. Um, he's no longer with the company, but uh, Steve was uh, an amazing, uh, I, I think he's a genius at, at building trombones. And uh, I know I got to spend quite a bit of time with Steve when we were developing my, my horn, but um, we just wanted to kind of say thanks and, and acknowledge um, what, what he created on this 25th anniversary uh, um, without his original vision, we wouldn't have been able to continue and do the work that you guys are doing and that Eastman is doing to grow it into a, a whole other level. But, uh, but just acknowledging the great Steve Shires on this 25th anniversary. Yeah, and it, it really is remarkable for him to have started this company in his basement with two other people, one of which, Chuck Shepard, is here, and you'll all get to meet him, people who are actually in the room. Maybe not on the interview, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but to start from really such humble beginnings and to, to be able to build this company into something that's sought after by musicians all around the world is incredible. Um, so, yeah, he's a hugely important part of the, the formation of our company. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Well, not to go total Tony Robbins on you. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. Like some people are like, oh, he's corn. Nah, nah, I, I love him. But anyway, um, where do you guys see yourselves in 10 years? Start with you, Alexis. Or you can, you can start with five if you want, but five to 10 years. <laughs> five years? Oh, man. 10 years. Jeez. 10 years is scary. Yeah. Five years. <laughs> I think five years, I would just, again, it comes down, like for me, and I know for Sam too, it just comes down to that community. Like I want people to just feel comfortable. I want people to feel supported. Like I don't think people should ever feel nervous or scared. And so if there's a way that we can, and I think we're start, you're starting to really, really see it from the company, if there's a way that you can talk to somebody about, hey, I'm confused about how to do this resume. 
like just creating a very whole picture of what an artist should be, who an artist should be, how to really get yourself out there. Like we all know that, and this is a lot with the Rising Artist Program, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I really feel very fortunate to be a part of. So it sounds like I'll see you here in 10 years and you're like... <laughs> probably, probably. And uh, you're probably going to be running the world in 10 years, Sam, but uh, <laughs> what, what do you see for yourself? I, I mean this in like the most amicable way possible, but like world domination for brass <laughs> is my goal within 10 years. No, it's like, it's a really exciting company. We have a lot of freedom to do exactly what we want. And like as a player and knowing so many players that I care so passionately about, um, seeing the look on somebody's face when they have an instrument that really fits them is just pure and utter joy. And to bring that to more and more people, more and more instruments, I get so, I wake up every morning, I check my sales summary report. And like, that's like literally the first thing that I do every day. And I, I love every aspect of that. Um, I also lately have been really loving working with like more younger musicians and doing some of this coaching and mentorship stuff. Um, that's been really exciting for me. I've got to get my daughter on some kind of brass instrument. She now has a, a trumpet, a, a cornet, a trombone, and a French horn kazoo that she just got for her birthday the other day. She's three, so we'll see where she goes with that. Yeah, and she is the cutest three-year-old like ever. The Facebook cute, yeah. pictures are adorable. Yeah, so. she's pretty cute. Well, it's, it's going to be an exciting uh, five, ten years. It's going to be an amazing, uh, amazing journey. I can't wait to see. Uh, actually, I can wait. I want it to go slowly. <laughs> at, my, at my age, it better go slowly. Um, well, listen, it's been awesome spending some time with you guys today. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're so busy with everything that's going on. I always like to end our interviews uh, with just asking your advice uh, for people interested in getting into this end of the business. Um, and what it could have something to, to do with your own career or what you've, what you've uh, seen from other folks uh, along the journey. But uh, what, do you, what are your recommendations for people? Yeah, um, so much of this community is, of course, built on networking, as everything is. Um, so if you're interested in, in this side of manufacturing as a career, um, which is an incredible career, and also we're hiring, by the way, um, so that is something that if anyone ever has questions about manufacturing or they're curious about it, we always encourage them to write to us and let us know. If you're interested more in this like sales product development, all of that, um, same kind of thing, maybe uh, that type of stuff is better directed to like myself or maybe Ryan or someone else within our company. But we love meeting people at shows. That's a great way to like kind of get in touch and start to meet people at an ITG or a NAM show or a Midwest. Um, through some of these like music business classes, people are finding out more and more about mm -hmm. this side of the industry. And it really is a really remarkable place because you can, for me, it's more fulfilling than playing. And that was something that I never thought would happen. It was a little bit of a like, like crisis of identity for a little while because I woke up and I was like, I would rather work on the business than work on my trumpet playing. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was odd. But not meaning that you have to put it away by any stretch, but for me, I get really singularly focused, and that was really helpful. So seeing, um, seeing the drive that people have and seeing what they want to do and just knowing that this career path can be out there, I think is really cool. So I, I wax poetic on it any chance I get. But. That's awesome. I, and I share the, the passion for the business side of things. And I love it. It's, it's an awesome uh, Thing. But how about for you, Alexis? And you've already shared some really great stuff with us, but anything else come to mind? I mean, 
I think the biggest thing is get out of the practice room and put yourself into play. And so what I mean is talk to people who aren't musicians, see their perspective, see what their process is, uh, be nice to those people as well. Um, but also take odd jobs. Like I took some writing jobs, which was hugely beneficial. Um, also, like you never know what's going to happen. Just say yes. Take these new experiences. And you know what? If, if they're terrible, they're terrible. You did it. You tried it. Great. Um, so having a wealth of expertise and interests, follow interests as well. Um, I don't think I could do any part of this job had it not been for all of the small things that I've tried when I was in college because I was just curious about it. So really just be curious, be nice, and just be excited. I think that's the biggest thing I'd say. Whenever we hire, that's one of the first things that we look for is just excitement mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Just driving excitement because we can teach you specs, we can teach you how to solder, we can teach whatever, but just that kind of like pure raw intense excitement mm -hmm. is that can move mountains that's so true with everything right it's just so infectious when you see somebody who's passionate about what they're doing and, and uh, it's awesome sam alexis thank you so much i, I hope everybody uh enjoyed this it was so great that uh, you all were here to have a nice live audience to talk to it's awesome and i uh, hope everybody who's watching uh, enjoyed this as much as i did it's a, it's really a treat to uh to uh, get to spend some time with these two extraordinary women and uh, Enjoy the rest of the day at Chires Palooza, and uh, for those of you watching, uh, we will see all of you next time on Bone to Pick.